Welcome home to a life without limits, where you honor your alignment, nourish your soul, and awaken your inner goddess. Some days we fly, some, well, we've got you, sister. Abundance is your birthright. This is your remembrance. Hot Mess Goddess, juicy conversations for a luscious life. Today, I'm chatting with my beautiful co-author, Danielle Tamjav. She's an international speaker, writer, and has an unwavering desire to share her personal journey of being silenced to guide women to discover their own self, release the fear of vulnerability, and find their own voice through creative expression. Danny's highly developed intuition and insight helps women right across the globe discover that loving all of you can bring deep transformation, peace, love, and happiness on a level that is completely life-changing. Welcome, Danny, to the Hot Mess Goddess podcast. I haven't seen you in ages. It's so good to actually see your face. I know. Thank you so much. I was so excited. As soon as you messaged me, I was just like, yes. And I'm so happy to be here. I love being able to sit here and look at you. (laughs) I know that part of it's been ages. I know. It has been a very long time. For those that don't know, Danny is one of the co-authors in our book, Woman Rise. And her story, oh my gosh, Danny, your story is so potent. I was having a flick through it again, just because it's been a while since I've read them all. And it's like, oh, you may as well tell us a little bit about your story. Wow. Okay. I never know where to start when I um, talk about my story. I think because finding our voice is something so incredibly powerful. It's something that so many of us lose so often. And um, I know from me, mine was generations of being silenced. It wasn't even just on my mum's side. It was on my dad's side too, in a way that, you know, we don't talk about our feelings. We don't talk about our emotions. We don't talk about the trauma. It's so common. Yeah, it is so common. There is not only a shame put behind it, there is a fear that's put behind it because afraid of what's going to happen if we speak up. And we know that it's also going to upset some people. And that was a big thing throughout my life. And whilst I feel really horrible talking about this part, because it's my dad's birthday today, and as you know, we lost him last year. Oh, sending you so much love. Thank you, my darling. (laughs) I think through my dad and I's healing, it is okay to talk about it. So throughout the first 29 years of my life, I grew up with a lot of psychological and physical abuse. Now I understand whilst it was never, ever, ever okay, that was his learnt behaviour and what he was raised with. And there was so much abuse on his side of the family and it was stuff you just never spoke about. You know, the abuse was just crazy what he grew up with. And then the same as on my mum's side, especially that part of the family, it is to be quiet and silence. You do not talk about the sexual abuse that happens on that side of the family and what, um, I'm going to say it actually, what my grandfather did to so many children. And he, he was a horrible, horrible man. And it was just, you don't talk about it. You don't discuss it. And still to this day, most of my uncles, my mum's brothers, bar one and her sister act like nothing ever happened to them or their children. Wow. Yeah. And their children just brush it under the rug and it's all about just, you don't talk about it. 
And I find it so bizarre that even now to this day, that this is what's going on. And it wasn't for me until like even myself, I was actually raped by one of my cousins and I had never spoken up about it until a year ago or to my mum and my sister a year ago. My friends, I spoke about it two years ago. I carried oh that my gosh. all by myself because that was what What we age did. were you? I was, it started when I was 13. Yeah. And even I remember one of the times, um, a lot of my cousins stayed at my parents' house all the time because my dad was so strict and my family all thought this was the safest place, which it was. And we always had so much fun. And I remember this as clear as I was so afraid and I was shaking and my cousin had just left my room and he, my dad goes, where, what are you doing? He goes, I'm looking for the toilet. And I don't, I still to this day don't know if my dad knew, or I don't think he would have because my dad would have killed him. Yeah. But, um, and especially knowing what the other, the abuse from my mum's side of the family, uh, yeah, it was just crazy and it kept happening. And I know stuff at my grandmother's, my dad's mum, it happened and she never said anything. She knew what was going on. And now that I think about like why I was old enough to speak up, but it just goes to show how much we're suppressed and just shown by what is happening in our family. And it's to be silenced. You do not talk about this. It's something you don't talk about. And that's not right. And I really wish, I really wish that everybody got that. We need to shake the stigma that there is shame behind the person who is being abused we're survivors. No matter how we come out of this, we're survivors. And it's not okay to keep quiet about it. And it's not okay to protect them. It's far from okay to protect them. Who are they to be protected? They take the rights, whether my cousin, even my cousin, you know, he was a year younger than me. And even there are so many people I know that different ages that have been abused at different times. Not one single person, regardless of how old you are, has the right to take anything away from you. We all have the right to say yes or no. And once that right is taken away from us, we have every right to talk about it and we need to take the stigma away. We need to remove the shame behind it. And that's the problem. There is so much shame in these conversations. Yeah, yeah. And especially for the kids that have grown up being victims of that themselves that then go on to do it, it doesn't make it right. And then how do you treat that, you know, because you've got some compassion. Yeah. But, oh, it's just this very... Like I, I don't understand it. So I'm, I'm coming from a, a different kind of outsider's point of view here because I haven't experienced that, but I just, it blows my mind. It does. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. And they say, I believe it's more, but they say one in three people have been sexually abused in some way. One in three. Yeah. Now they're getting those statistics from people reporting the ones that do speak up. That's right. So when I see that, when I hear that, I'm like, no, there's way more than that because you look at what's going on and you look at how many people are being silenced who are feeling ashamed of what has happened to them. Like, and I I still think, oh my God, how did I hide this? I also know because of the other stuff that happened in our family, I kept it a secret. It wasn't because to protect him, it was more to protect my family. Yes. And that's where I kept it quiet. But you know what? I think it was the worst thing I ever did. But when you're younger, you don't know. No, you don't know. You only know what you know. Yeah, well, it's true. But at the same time, two years ago, I spoke about it. Two years ago, I was 41. Yeah. 
that's not okay. It's not okay. I am really glad that I, throughout my life, you know, I had so many amazing experiences that gave me the opportunity to be there where I was to speak up. Yeah, I, I wish I didn't hold it for so long. And this is why it's so important to speak to our children about our bodies. Our bodies belong to us. There's a song that my mum used to sing to us when we were young, and I can't sing, so I'm just going to sing a little bit of it. It says, my body's nobody's body but mine. You run your own body, let me run mine. Oh, my gosh, your mum actually taught you that. Yes, ever since we were little, I wonder why, right? Right, right. I've got goosebumps. I've never heard it before. The only time I heard it was when my mum sang it. I still don't hear it now. And it's something I've taught all young people I've worked with. And it's something that I sing to my niece. And I think it is so important to have a song like that because it makes kids realise that these are our bodies. It doesn't belong to anybody else. Nobody else has a right to come anywhere near our bodies. And like you had even said, so about kids that are being abused now become abusers. And there is this, you, you feel sorry for them in a way, but at the same time, it's kind of like, there's got to be a stop. The cycle has to stop. And yeah, it's really horrible that they have become abusers because they were abused. But at the same time, you know what? There are other people who have been abused who are not abusers. Who don't do it. Yeah. So I just think that we need to stop it. We need to stop that cycle. And whilst there are children who are being abused, this is where we need to understand that we need to talk about it. We have to talk about it and we need to just remove every bit of shame, every bit of stigma that's behind it and stop protecting the abuser and start protecting the abused. And this is where our voices are so important. Yeah. You had a pivotal moment when you were sitting at the table with your mum. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. She was reading the newspaper and there was a few women who had actually spoken about their story of being abused and she had said, that's it no more. And she took my grandfather to court. Now it wasn't, uh, this part I can't even own. I was so focused on telling my story and not involving anybody else in that part of the story. Um, When I had my friend read it, she said, you need to put that part in there about your mum." And I asked her permission first because I know the trauma that she went through. That complete moment that we had sitting there at that table, everything shifted. And I remember that shift now that I understand what it is. I remember that shift and she changed everything. And that was the day, that was that moment more than any other moment that she said no more. She gave us permission to use our voice. Is my audio really flickery for you or can you hear it fine? I can hear it fine. Is it flickery for you? Yeah, it's like a mic. Can you hear me? So we have literally had to restart this because we were being silenced. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Like there are no accidents here. And so we've ditched the microphone, we've ditched anything that was playing up and we are going to keep going and sharing this because it's so important. You were talking about a really pivotal moment with your mum. So when we sat at that table, it's just a very bizarre moment because it was somebody else that had spoken up. You know, other women had, she was reading the newspaper, she sat there and she just said, no more. She said, that's it. And we were kind of like, oh, what the, like shit. (laughs) 
And she's telling us about these women who were speaking up about their sexual abuse that had happened to them. That was her moment. And I literally felt the shift happen. Now understanding what it was, it was the most amazing. I still get goosebumps when I think about it. Every time I talk about it, my mum doesn't even see it like that, which is so bizarre. She made a massive decision and that decision changed her life, changed all of our lives and future generations. Yeah, that's giving me goosebumps. Yeah, I still don't think to this day she really understands that impact. And when she read that part in the book, she said, oh my God, I didn't even see it like that. And I said, mum, you made a decision that removed your family from you. They stopped talking to her. There was only one brother who stood by her side. Now she's one of seven. Oh my gosh. There was yeah. one. Now their children were also abused and it was massive. It was massive. And she went through turmoil. She went through depression. My mum has always been my dad's world. She was first always first and foremost and the way he supported her was just to another level and it was hard for her and she went through closed courts and her father sat there and lied about the stories but that moment for me whilst not realizing it at that time gave me that first lot permission to be able to speak up how old were you i have i'm really bad with time frames but I feel like I was probably about 14. Yeah. And she, she's absolutely phenomenal. What she went through in that family, to be honest, I probably know about a quarter of what happened in that house. And other people started speaking up. Neighbours were coming out. Her cousins were coming out. All these people are coming forward and saying, you know, this happened to me. It was just unbelievable. So powerful. Yeah. And that's what she did. She changed it. She shifted every part of energy, everything that had happened to everybody else. She, she made a shift. She made a change by her making that one decision by reading the paper. She could have just read that newspaper and closed it, which is what we all did because we had to be silenced. It was something that you don't ever talk about. And that was huge. That made a massive impact in my life, clearly, and everybody else around her without even realising that one decision completely yeah. changed for everybody. And then it took you then until the age of 29, like. Yes. <laughs> not, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. No, 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 no. I remember that day as clear as anything. I remember waking up. I'd woken up and I said, I need to get the hell out of here. I was still in bed and I picked up my laptop and I started applying for jobs all over the world. And I remember when I'd gotten the job, I literally, <laughs> after the interviews and, you know, I had to wait six weeks to have an interview with the consulate and my interview was Wednesday. They granted my visa Thursday. I was on the plane Friday. To the US, no less. To New York. And I remember one of my very close friends said to me, you better get a backbone quick smart because they're going to eat you alive over there. And that's who I was. I was that person who did everything for everybody else. I was a people pleaser. I couldn't tell you who I was. I couldn't tell you what I liked, what I wanted to do. I guess it was just pleasing people. That's all I did. And I had so much fear. All that trauma throughout my whole life, it just bottled me up and I was not able to do anything. It wasn't living. So yeah, I got on that plane and my entire life changed. My entire life 
life change. And, you know, my friends who I still have to this day, they were the ones that really taught me, you can say what you want to say. And guess what? No one's going to bite your head off. They're women who, they're Sicilian, they're crazy. Not all of them, but most of them are Sicilian and they just speak up. They say what they want to say and there's no judgment. It was just bizarre. It was so bizarre and foreign to me. And they were just like, what, what? And I couldn't say anything. And I remember the first time even just making a decision and I was just like, oh, and discovering what I liked. Like I remember I got drunk for the first, I was in the country for four hours. Now I wasn't a drinker at all. (laughs) And I was just like, wow, wow, what is this? And it was bizarre little things like that. And I was living a whole different lifestyle, you know, and everybody I met, like I met so many phenomenal people and it was all about embracing who you are. And wow, that was incredible. I have so many moments over there and I think that's why I have such a massive attachment to that place, to that country. A lot of people used to say to me, you and New York fit like a glove. And I do, I feel more at home over there than what I do here. And I think I discovered who I was. It was like I was reborn. Yeah. And being able to share everything with them and there was no judgment, nothing. There was nothing about growing up and the abuse I had and not being able to speak. And, you know, in my family, it's kind of like you just do as you're told and shut up. And that's what it was. And coming home, I remember standing up to my dad for the first time in my life and everybody went quiet and went, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'd never done it and nobody knew what to do. And then my dad kind of like, grinned because he was just like shit who's this girl she's never done this before what an empowering feeling i'm not telling everybody that that's what they need to do they don't need to go to the other side of the world to discover themselves but there is a moment in your life when you kind of say you know what no more like my mum did like I did when I woke up that morning like you know I just woke up and said no more I knew things needed to change for me and I think it's once we realize that we deserve more and we know that there is more out there for us in this world rather than being told to be silenced being told that this is not okay to talk about I so want to just shake everybody and say it's okay you're safe And this is the other thing too, where I I spoke to somebody the other day and who had read my book. I didn't know her. I just happened to be in the same space as her. And she had said that she bought our book and read my story. And she said to me, you made me cry. And I said, why? And she said, well, I didn't realize I wasn't using my voice. She said, it was just so strange that I thought that I was okay and I was doing my thing. She said, but I actually didn't. It gets so normalized. Yeah. And she said, but I don't have anybody to talk to. Her daughter was there and she said, mom, you've got me. And it reminds her of the other women that are around her. She didn't even realize for her, she thought she was alone. And it's her, even just speaking up in front of her daughter, for her daughter to remind her the people that she has around her. And I think that as well is so important is sometimes that we feel very often, actually, we feel like we're alone. You're so alone. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not until we speak up and say, Hey, I need you or I need to talk because At the end of the day, sometimes we just are oblivious. And if we're walking around with a big smile on our faces, nobody is the wiser. 
Yeah. We're none the wiser of what's going on for somebody else. What I love about your story is that you were so empowered in New York and mm. you completely changed. You know, you found your power, you found your voice, you came back and stood up to your dad and then you fell back into that, yeah. that almost that victim role again. And that's what I really love about your story because like the things that we go through keep appearing in different ways to allow us to grow through them even more. And it's not just yeah. boom, I'm it's never going to happen again. You find these things come up time and time again. Yeah. So you can go through them even more. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because it's so powerful. Yeah, I think the most important thing before I start is that we do need to understand that in life, nothing's ever perfect. And we do need to grow and things are going to happen and we're going to fall back down again. We can get back up and it's okay to fall down. And I think that's the important thing that we need to understand. Rather than put ourselves down for that, I think what is so important is that we need to say, you know what, I'm going to grow even more from falling down because they're those lessons when we fall down, I truly believe are the big lessons, you know, and picking ourselves back up again. I know for myself, the first thing when I came back and I had that amazing moment where I was able to speak up and tell my dad off and just kind of like stand up to him was I just wanted to leave again. I was doing everything in my power to get back over there. Now, my family and friends were doing doing everything in their power to keep me here. They introduced me to this guy. I allowed him and I'm going to say allowed him because it was me who gave him that permission without realizing to put me down. There were little things just here and there. And I, I remember even bending down, I was doing dishes at his mum's house and he saw a tattoo that he didn't know I had. It's my only one, my first one I ever got again when I was in New York. He said, that is disgusting. Don't you ever show that. You look disgusting. You look like trash. I let him speak to me like that. I didn't even stick up for myself. I didn't say anything. Thing. And it was just other things rolled over here and there. And just, he put me down all the time and I let him do that. And quite often it's not even as obvious as that. Quite often it's really little subtle things. Yeah, it is. Like little things like I didn't even, <laughs> I thought was sweet where he would say, I'll drop you off and pick you up. It was controlling, but I didn't realize that. And I was so focused and fixated on keeping my family and friends happy that I didn't see, I was so blinded. I was going to marry this guy. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying this with, that this is okay, but I always say the best thing he ever did was hit me. And the reason I'll back that up because I, I don't ever condone any person hitting another human being. I think it's disgusting and nobody has that right to do so. But for me in that space, I let him go immediately. It was like I needed something. I was stuck in this world, in this chaos of the Daniel that got off that plane had been lost. And it's very difficult for people to hear me. It's, it's a really horrible thing to say that that was the best thing that happened, but that's where I was. That is the place that I was in and I let him just batter me down so bad that that's what I needed to get out. And I can guarantee you I would have married him if he never did that to me. 
And I left that second, the minute he put his hand on me. And that's where I say it is never okay because I walked away that second. I didn't sit there and I didn't allow him to keep beating on me. It was like that Danielle went, oh, hell no. And she came back again. Yeah. And that's when I raised myself up and he was coming and he was going to my parents' house and he cried to my dad and said, you know, I'm so sorry. I love her. And my dad just hassled me and I protected him, didn't tell them. And I said to dad, he hit me. And he goes, oh, my dad lost it. And again, I felt comfortable enough to say what he did to me. I didn't hide it. I wasn't protecting him any longer. Oh, I have so many emotions when I talk about that moment because it was just so crazy and so chaotic. And I thought I was in love. It wasn't. It was just pleasing everybody else in this ugly, toxic bubble that I gave him permission to batter me down. I can tell you no man ever got anywhere near doing that to me again. (laughs) Yeah. What are some of the patterns for other women to recognize if they're not happy internally and they're just not sure because it does get so normalized? What are some of the patterns to look out for? The constant putting down perfect examples right now, and I think it's phenomenal. They're putting it out in commercials and they will be little things like, you know, checking your messages. That is something that they, that it's control over it, constantly putting you down. You know, you could come out in a dress that you feel amazing in, for instance, and he'll turn around and look at you and say, no, I don't like that. Go get changed. You look horrible. Even though you've walked out feeling amazing and a showing, that is something where you already can see that he sees you're happy in something and he's automatically putting you down. All little things. Are you going out looking like that? They might not even say you look horrible, but it'll be... Yeah. I've heard of women say that, yeah. And I've also heard like, oh, he loves staying next to me. And he always says to me, I have to be next to him. I have to be beside him. Why? Control. Again, it's control. And people don't see that. They're the little things, never complimenting you as well. And again, putting you down, they'll find a fault in what you do, what you look like. They will never compliment you or they will compliment you with an, and then with follow it with a negative. There's a but behind it. They're little signs. Even going out, you have to call me and let me know where you are every hour. Little things like that. They're not him being concerned. You just say, I'm going out. I'll be home before this time. You don't have to give too much information. People don't realize how control works a lot of us don't understand how control works and it's micromanaging the little things the everyday things I know somebody who would say to his partner make sure you let me know I want to make sure that you're okay just call me when you're there make sure you text me if I I message you while you're out let me know when you're coming home and there was all these little things and I remember somebody had said to her one of her friends said what the hell that's a bit weird. And she goes, oh, no, 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 he worries. And she's like, no, did you tell him what time you're coming home? Yeah, you know, and it's little things like that. There's no reason to worry. I get sometimes there are people who worry about you or because there may have been trauma behind what's going on. But if you give them, you know, say, I'm just going out with the girls or whoever you're going out with, I'll be home around this time, you're right. You don't have to give every little second detail and yelling, constantly yelling at you. Yeah, I, I know know that they're starting to like I said the commercials and they're phenomenal I haven't seen them I don't watch telly oh they're amazing it literally says they'll say they're doing this but it's only because and they fade it out and what they're trying to say to you is that but is irrelevant there's no but 
it's completely not okay for them to be doing that. They don't need to be checking your phone messages. You have privacy. You you have a right to your own privacy. And if you don't have that trust, then that's a big sign in itself. If there's no trust there, they're not trusting you. There's little patterns that are going to be popping up. Oh, I just want women to ask other women and speak up and say, you know, is this okay? This is what's going on at home. And even when we go on dates and, you know, you, you start dating somebody and you're looking for all the little tiny things of why, you know, oh yeah, yeah, he is keen, he is keen, but he's really not. And your friends will be like, oh yeah, he's doing that because he wants to lead, you know, just keep you on your toes. No, that's not a thing either. We're making all the excuses of somebody's bad behavior rather than say, you know what, that's not cool. Get rid of it. Yeah. And it goes both ways too, because there are women that are incredibly controlling and manipulative as well. 100%. And I think that's the big thing as well to understand is that it's not just men who, we can't just batter on the men because I've personally seen, I know women who are so, they're violent and they'll blame the guy and it's just like, hang on, he's walking away from you when you're sitting there beating him. And it's not just the physical, it's the emotional and the manipulation. And Yeah, it's exactly the same and it's not okay and we need to stop normalising it and start calling it out for what it is. I was actually only saying about a week ago to somebody because they said, oh, I still can't believe you're single. And I said, well, I'd rather be where I am right now and sitting in my independence and knowing who I am than just settling. Whereas I think there's one person, one relationship that I know of where I would say I love their relationship and I admire their relationship. One person and almost everybody I know who are married or in, you know, a partnership. Yeah, I'm very similar. There's, there's not many relationships that I aspire fire towards because they're all bagging each other out behind their backs or to their faces it's like oh you know the women get called the handbag yeah so many things it's toxic you know the story goes you meet somebody you get married you have children then they have children you know it's it's just a cycle everybody asks you so when are you going to get married as soon as you start dating someone you get engaged and you get married when are you going to start having kids and it's this cycle but who's laid that rule book out who has put that out and said you can't leave that relationship as well when you're miserable and crying almost every single day or if you're miserable constantly and the other thing that frustrates me i'm sure you can hear that in my voice is when so many people say we're staying together for the kids yeah no no the one thing you shouldn't be doing is staying there for the kids because you're teaching your children that's okay that toxicity is okay and i think that is where we're falling short. This is what's happening globally. We're doing this to our children. We're showing them that this is okay to be in this situation. It's all learned behavior and it's a vicious cycle. Somebody's got to say, no, I'm cutting it. I'm just going to chop it off at the knees and end that. It's a horrible cycle and we need to stop normalizing oh, just all that abuse. Like they've got to and stop. general unhappiness. Like if you're unhappy, yeah. change something. And it's that simple. You know, we're not, we didn't come to this earth to be miserable for most of our lives. I know that for a fact. I know. I have an amazing friend who I have known since high school, since year nine. She's a perfect example of her and her husband made a decision. They actually still live together, but they've separated. They sat the children down together. They've always been amazing parents, always. They sat the children down and said, this is what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. 
you know, I, I admire them because they realized they weren't happy in their relationship. They sat there and they discussed it. They had that conversation with their children to tell them that they weren't happy. And these, these are the reasons why. And they can actually still parent beautifully together. I admire them. I, I've got goosebumps talking about it. I admire them so much. It takes so much strength and courage to do that. But wow, are they setting an example for their children. They're setting such an amazing example for their children. And I admire that. And that's what people need to do. That understand that it's okay. Kids are resilient. They're going to get up from it. They're going to be okay. As long as you let them know that it is okay. And they're going to be a lot better off when the parents are actually getting along. 100%. They're best friends now. Yeah. They get along so great. And it's, oh, I admire that. I have to shout out to my ex here too, because he is just that so incredibly supportive. Wow. Yeah. See, and that's what we need, right? We need people like that. And before COVID, we were taking our little boy out to dinner and on a regular oh, basis and see, just I love that. showing him that the friendship and communication is so much more important than the disagreements and the things that weren't working. So yeah, just a shout out there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's... And it doesn't mean everything's always rosy. No, nothing's ever crazy is it i had one of my team members say to me you're always so happy you just like no one could ever get cranky i said oh no I, I get angry i get sad i'm a normal person i'm a human being but see here's where voice comes in that's you right don't stuff it all down in there anymore to hide for generations like you speak it out you get it out of your body which is the most important thing you feel your feelings which are perfectly human to do right you yeah. feel them you allow them you express them you voice them and then and you're happy. That's exactly right. And I think that's the important thing. You know, we were even saying the other day, and I love this saying, it's okay to not be okay. The thing is, is when we do speak up and we do express what we're feeling and what's going on for us, we do become a lot happier. But then when we are feeling like shit, you know, I have these days, especially, you know, losing my dad, it's shit. And some days too that, you know, I watched a movie where I just saw these people that I would love and, you know, I want that again. I want that again. And I was crying and I was just sitting in it. Oh, I think I'm ready to have a relationship now. I'm ready for myself. And I think they're the important things is to just sit in it and know that you're safe, whatever emotion that you're feeling, whether it's anger, whether it's sadness, even our anxiety, like, oh, breathe through it, sit through it and acknowledge, you know, where it is that you're feeling in whatever part of your body, because it does. Normally anxiety just sits They're all messages, aren't they? Yeah. We need to sit in it and feel it and whatever emotion's coming up for us, let it out and acknowledge it and even give it a name and give it a colour or whatever you want to do to just breathe into it, put your hands on the space. It's just so important to us as human beings. And again, it's all of it. It all comes hand in hand, doesn't it? It does. And I love that you're doing all this work within yourself Mm. while you're single and you're discovering who you are, you're using your voice, like who you're going to attract into your life when you do as a partner is so much going to be so much more aligned and happy than who you would have attracted if you hadn't been doing all of this. Like you cannot fill a void, you know, with somebody else. You've got to fill that void yourself. Yes, 100%, 100%. And I see that now, you know, I see people who aren't in that space and haven't worked on themselves. And I've said it a million times to a couple of people and it's like, 
this is why you're so miserable in your relationship. A relationship's not going to make you happy. You need to be happy within yourself. And like you said, you attract whatever it is that you're feeling and what you're putting out there into the universe. I guarantee you that's going to come to you. You're not going to find that happiness in somebody else. If you're not happy within yourself, that partnership is not going to make you happy. It's superficial happiness because that growth has to come within you and start within you. Even for me to say, you know what? I want to be a mum. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm at that age. I'm not going to miss out. And I've had so many people say, oh my God, but you're so old. And that's your thoughts. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Things have changed. Yeah. People die at 50 now that like we're living to over a hundred. Yeah. And you know what? I don't care. I don't, I really, I'm at that point where I honestly do not care. I don't give a shit. That's somebody's opinion. And yet what I find even funnier, I do believe that this comes with culture as well in different countries because my friends are my age in the United States and they're just having babies. Nobody blinks an eye. And here people think I'm absolutely nuts. They think I'm crazy that I want to have a child at 43. Well, I had Flynn at 43. Yeah, I know. Beautiful little... (laughs) almost five-year-old and I have two teenage girls as well like 19 and almost 17 now and everyone thought I was crazy as well yeah I remember you telling me that ages ago (laughs) inspiration right there yes I can do it anyone can anyone can and if this is something that a person wants whatever it may be do it don't let somebody else stop you from doing and living the life that you deserve and the life that you want because I think that's so important I don't care what it is that people do and I so embrace anybody and everybody whatever it is that they as long as they're not harming another human being I so support anybody in what they're doing absolutely because that's a big fine line that Mm. not many people talk about and I don't really understand it yet but there's a big fine line between expressing and using your voice and projecting your shit onto someone else that's right so talk to me about that I want to know perfect example black lives matter now everybody's got an opinion about it we all have thoughts about it and I think that we are all equal regardless of our nationality the color of our skin the color of our hair whatever it can be and some people may disagree with what I'm saying and that's also okay as well and I get so emotional even now like I'm trying not to cry I just I'm a massive believer in that we all have the right we all bleed the same blood And I think that we need to start loving, honoring and respecting each other for who we are, not by anything else. I don't care what religion somebody is. I don't care what color someone's skin is. I have friends of so many different races, so many different colors. I don't look at anything but the people that they are. And they're my friends for that reason, for the incredible people that they are. If you saw the people that I am around, you would like some people just go, oh my God, you really do have friends of different cultures. And I do, and I really do. I really do. And I love that. And I embrace that. And, you know, one of my friends has got a joke. She says, Danielle's definitely not a racist person. She's dated the United Nations. <laughs> I think that's where people are really pushing their opinions on people. They're telling them to shut up. This is what is right. And Again, I think that's people not are okay. Being silenced. That's right. 
And I think we all have a right to say what's going on for us. And everybody's being affected by this in some way, shape or form. Some people are starting to have conversations. Some people are starting to create their own wars with each other, amongst each other, amongst their towns. And I think that's the shit that needs to stop. I think we all have a right to speak up and use our voices, but I think that's where we need to draw the line where speak up, express what you're feeling, say what's going on for you, stop violence in what's happening when we say that. It can come across in so many different ways, right? We can speak, we can use our voices, we can say what's going on, but don't hurt somebody else. And that's where I keep saying, you know, I don't care what you do, I don't care what you say. It's so important to talk about who you are and what's going on for you, as long as you're not hurting somebody else. And I think when you start hurting somebody else, a line has to be drawn. Oh, yeah, so much so. Oh, you can tell I'm so passionate about this. It's just about loving, honouring, respecting each other and supporting one another, isn't it? With whatever it is and not pushing our opinions, hearing each other out. Yeah, because it is like it's an important thing for everyone to be equal and those that don't feel equal to speak about it, absolutely. And it doesn't just stop there. There are children being trafficked. There are so many things where people aren't being treated like human beings right now and it's all so important. And I think the world is definitely changing. It is. It is. shaping up for a big, big reason. Yeah, and I'm loving it. Like so many people laugh at me. I'm just like even, you know, the Epstein stuff and I'm just like, yes, it's massive. This stuff's massive. These people are, they're finally, somebody has gone, you know what, stuff this. I don't care who's going to be embarrassed by what they've done. I'm bringing this shit out. That's it. Making people accountable for their actions. Oh, and I get so excited and people think I'm nuts, but I just, I love this. Like this is the shakeup this world needs. This is the shakeup we need. And if it's these people who are right up there who think they're untouchable, you know what? Think again, because this is the time where we all need to start speaking up and start saying, you know what? No, no one's untouchable. Oh, you've just put a big smile on my face because I can <laughs> see the passion on yours. You think you're untouchable? You think again. <laughs> no one's untouchable. I don't care who they are. And I think that's the important message more than anything today, really. It doesn't matter who you are. Taking the rights from another human being is not okay. Yeah, speaking up, even if it was about something years ago. Yeah, it doesn't matter when it was. So many more incidents from happening. It does, yeah. It puts an end to it. Yeah, and I think too, people need to not hide behind that. I think that's important is think, it happened so long ago, but don't feel whilst, yes, if you spoke up sooner, it may have prevented others. It's still bloody healing if you speak up and you talk about it and you will find people will come out of the woodwork because most of the time you're not the only person that it's happened to. And that's the thing, right? It can be really tough to speak up, especially when it was something so long ago. And I've witnessed this firsthand. It's really tough. Your whole life gets turned around. People are looking at you and judging and you Mm. feel that that's what's happening and you need to speak up anyway. Yes. Sometimes we are just feeling that we're being judged, but at the same time, I say it as it is, it's sometimes we are being judged and you know what? So what? Well, whenever you're judged, it's that person judging something within themselves. That's exactly right. Took me a long time to work that out and I still struggle, but. Oh, I never thought I would get to this place where I really do not give a shit. I care how I make other people feel. I don't care when it's something that's really affecting me in a negative way. I do not give a shit if it's going to offend the person that I'm releasing. 
I think it's so important to express how somebody's made you feel and whatever it is that they've done to you. You know what? You're not a victim. You're a person who has been through something and you have every right to speak about it. They don't need to be protected because they didn't protect you. It's simple, isn't it? Yeah. Great way to finish up. Thank you. I know you've got to run off. So thank you so, so much for your time. And despite getting cut off and having to... (laughs) ditch my headphones and microphone we got there we were not going to be silent today no definitely not i feel like today was a very important day to um have this and on your dad's birthday oh my gosh i know he's been around quite a lot lately so today was an important day when you had said for today I was just like, yep, yeah, there was a reason it was today. No, he was divinely guiding that one. Definitely, definitely. All the crazy shit that he said that I was, my voodoo stuff, he would call it. (laughs) Like, we haven't even spoken about that. You are mighty talented. You can see shit. You're a psychic. You have these incredible visions and, you know, but that wasn't the message for today. So if anyone wants to read your story, womanrisemovement.com, but how else can they get in touch with you? Well, I have an email address, info at danieltemjav.com. Also my Facebook, Danielle Temjav, my business page, Danielle Temjav International. So what's happening in the future for you? I'm currently in the works with another amazing woman. I'm not allowed to say yet, but we're actually putting some virtual workshops together. She's in the US and I'll be going over there. I seem to run a lot of workshops in the US. Yeah, some awesome retreats. I do, yeah. And we're going to do some over here as well. And we're looking at going to the UK and see where else we go from that. I'm also writing a children's book. Oh my gosh, how incredible. Yes, and it's all on loving ourselves and speaking up, using our voices. I know the perfect publisher for you. (laughs) I do too, funnily enough. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, my darling. Thank you so much for having me. It has been an absolute pleasure. So happy to see you again. (laughs) You too. We so appreciate you listening in and growing alongside us. We'd love it if you could rate, review and share with friends.